Thanks for listening to another podcast from C3 Calgary West. Our hope is that this message will equip and inspire your walk with God. For more information about our church and community, check out myc3church.ca. There we go. So good. That's uh, one of the growth groups that are getting offered at our um, Wednesday night. It's coming up, so make sure you find out more information about that. How you doing, church? You doing good? Yeah, my name's uh, Pastor Stephen. Well, no, actually, it's not. It's not. It's Stephen, my name is. My parents would have to be mean to call me Pastor Stephen. That's not my name. My name's Stephen. I'm, I'm the pastor with my wife of the C3 East Village location, our downtown C3 campus. Um, and it's good to be here with you today. I just wanted to let you know, I'm super excited for, we have Ryan Smith coming up uh, in February. This, the details will come up behind me. Ryan Smith is here for a Canada-wide worship intensive that we are hosting here where worship teams from all the C3 churches around Canada are going to be coming and being equipped and learning and Ryan is amazing um he's been at you know part of C3 worship for over over 20 years probably more like closer to 30 years and uh, he was a worship pastor there all kinds of things and he had a huge impact on my life personally while I was at Bible college he was one of my lecturers actually and um and I was studying in the creative stream and part of that was having guitar lessons uh, with Ryan. And I went in on my first day to get lessons from him. And, and um, he kind of said, and, you know, you go in, you're a little bit nervous. He's pretty, you know, I, I'd say he's one of the best musicians, not just in the church, but all around, to come out of Australia. He's amazingly talented. So you're a little bit nervous. And he said, are you here to learn guitar or are you here to, to worship? Because there's a difference. Learning guitar is re- relatively easy, but to be a, a true worshiper, it, it takes a sacrifice. And, and I said, I'm here to, to learn to worship. I want to be a worshiper. And we sat there for an hour just playing two chords on our acoustic guitar. And the anointing and the presence of God that filled that place changed my life forever. I can't really put words to it, but I know it changed my life forever. This is the heart of worship that Ryan carries. And on the Friday night, February 22nd, it's an open worship night. So I, I just invite you and encourage you all to come along. We'll, we'll be here at the church um, just to, to worship God. But the Ryan will be able to lead us in a way that maybe we haven't um, experienced before. And uh, just as we get together and worship, and we, the heart that he carries for that will be super powerful. So that's the Friday night. Make sure you find out more about it. Um, we are our third week into the, our series, Why Church? Can you say, Why Church? Good question. I'm glad you asked. Question mark church, should I say, as the screen says behind me. And who's been around for the last couple of weeks with Pastor Lawn preaching? Yep, some of us, good. That's great. Uh, I've, my wife and I and our son were on vacation back in Australia, and, uh, but I managed to listen to the podcast, and I got a good sucker punch through the headphones, so maybe you got sucker punched here in person. It was a very strong message that um, Pastor Lon has all the authority in the world to bring as, as the father of this house and as a pastor of 23 years loving the local church, and I'm so inspired by them. And so I'm not here as a, a father bringing a message uh, you know, any correction or anything this morning. I'm here as a brother. We'll wrestle a little bit, a bit. I'll give you a wedgie or two, make you uncomfortable, and it will be awesome. But it's such an honor, honor to get to, to preach. And if you haven't heard those messages, jump on, get the podcast. It'll be an amazing thing. But why church? Such a good question. I love the church. Like, I love this church with a passion. I love our East Village church. I love the local church. I, haven't, I didn't grow up in the church. Around age 13, I stumbled into one one day, gave my life to the Lord um, for a bunch of whole, all crazy kinds of things. But ever since then, I've had a passion for the house of God. And, and it hasn't, hasn't gone away. Although there's been moments 
and there's been temptations and there's been hurts and there's been offenses because, right, that's what happens when people get together. We seem to rub each other the wrong way sometimes and ruffle feathers. But I love the Church of a Passion and I hope you love this church too. If you're a member here, if you're visiting from a different church, I I hope you think your church is the best in the world because you've been placed there for a reason. You've been placed here for a reason with a purpose and you have a place here. And so um, I believe committing to and engaging in a local church for a follower of Christ is, is the best and one of the most important things for us to do. It is essential for our growth. It's essential for, for our family's growth, our walk with God. And, and actually, if you're not engaging with the life of the church, not only are you missing out on getting to contribute and use some of your gifts, but all of us here are actually missing out because there's a, a part to play and something that you bring that only you can bring to this community. God's placed you here, not just to attend, to be engaged with that. And we're missing out if you're not actually engaging in it. That's what we do as a community. So I'm excited about talking about why church today, but it's a good question that we should really work out. Um, and like I said, I believe a follower of Christ best thrives when he's, they're engaged in the local church. So I just encourage you, dive into the life of the church, dive into community. Easy for you to say, Stephen, you're a pastor, you have to say that. Well, I haven't always been a pastor by title. Most of my life, I just was a kid that stumbled into the church and I just fell in love with the, ch- the church, the bride of Christ, a community that took me in and cared for me and protected me and equipped me and nurtured me and, and at times um, challenged me. And that's what we're meant to do here. And I still have that love today. Being engaged in a church community is not about a title or a role or leadership or anything like that, but it's about obedience to God and He's designed for us to thrive. And that's not when we're isolated. That's actually when we're in community. So it's awesome. And I'm so glad to be a part of a God-seeking, Jesus-loving, Bible-living, Holy Spirit-driven church. Amen? It's all right. There'll be more amens by the end of it. We'll, we'll get stirred up. Um, but we've all had an opportunity to get offended. Has anybody ever been offended or hurt in church community? Yeah, some of us maybe already in the first five minutes. I don't know. It, it happens, and, and I'm not trying to belittle it, but we've all had an opportunity. I, I've been hurt in the church, and I've been alone and felt lonely in the church and I've come and been a part of churches um, I've been a part of three churches the one I got saved in 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 Tasmania which was C3 some that's Australia Tasmania little island down the bottom there small country town was a C3 church that I got saved in and I was a part of that church community and then um, I felt called to go to Bible college so I moved to Sydney the C3 church there has a a Bible college Um, and then back to Tasmania then to Calgary West here which my wife and I and son are still a part of. You'll see us around most Sunday mornings because we want to stay connected. But then we have, obviously, the church plant that uh, started over 15 months ago downtown um, Calgary, Fort Calgary, 6 p.m. Sunday nights. It'd be great to see you there sometime. And, and that's awesome. And I love these churches. And I've never actually really felt like I've left a church. I've more been sent from a church, sent from the family. And I still have great relationships with these churches today. I love each one of them with a passion. But in every one of them, there was an opportunity to get offended, to get upset, or not even to get offended. Sometimes that word's a bit strong, to just become apathetic. Has anyone ever just felt apathetic to church, maybe? And, well, why, why bother? Why do I need that? Yeah, I'm not going to go along today. You know, I woke up this morning, and I, I felt that way because we had a rough night with my baby. And then I was like, oh, I'm preaching. I better be there. No, not really. But we all have these feelings sometimes. It would be easier not to be there. 
but we're, we're not those people. It takes a decision. That's not what we do. We work it out, we dive in further, and we go through the process because we know the end result will be worth it of being committed to the local church. So I'm, we're going to go to Acts um, chapter 2, verse 42, is where we're kind of going to camp out today. And this gives us a great snapshot of the early church, some of the principles that were driving them to, to develop a community and to go on to change the world. And although it looks very different in our context, the principles and the ideas are the same um, today for us as it was for the early church. And so we're going to look there. And I want to share five reasons why I still have, after 17 years of knowing knowing Jesus, why I'm more passionate about the local church than ever before. And I love it, and I love this church and our East Village Church more than ever. And I hope that encourages and stirs you. That's the purpose, to maybe um, tweak some ideas about the church or or consider uh, why church, like we're looking at. So I'm just going to pray, and then we're going to jump into the Scripture in Acts 2. So Lord, I thank you for this community. God, I love this C3 community that we have here. People from all different walks of life, all different stages coming together to worship you, to be unified around you, Jesus. And that's what we are, Lord God. We're unified around you this morning. So I pray your word is released freely in this place, Lord. God, that your words are heard, not mine. And God, that your spirit is moving and speaking to people as we explore your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Awesome. So this, like I said, this is a snapshot of the, of the early church um, and, and as they're gathering together. And uh, we'll start there in verse 42. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So the apostles' teaching there, we, we, that's, uh, we find that in the Word of God. And that's what we do our best to preach every week and to speak and explore in church. Uh, we're a Bible-believing church. And, uh, and this, we do our best to try and, and stay true to that at all times. And, and, and these guys have devoted themselves to the teaching, to the fellowship. That's not to the Lord of the Rings, the fellowship of the rings. It's actually fellowship means community, friendship. So they dedicated themselves to friendship. When did you last think about friendship like that, that it actually is a dedication, a commitment, a devotion? It actually takes work. And it says here that they devoted themselves to that, to breaking of bread, to, to having meals together and to having fun and to doing life. Um, and to prayer, to praying for each other and, and for their community. Verse 43, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. There's a cost. Right here in the beginning, there was a cost for the church, for the, the community of God coming together. It says they sold everything, and they were together. They had everything in common. They were giving to anyone in need. There was a sacrifice. They had to put some skin in the game. They were all involved. They didn't let the few do the work of the many, but all had a part to play. We're going to talk about that today. Verse 46, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. I love this. They, they met in the temple courts courts together and then they met in homes it's pretty simple really like like my encouragement today is that we would meet together in the temple courts that would come to church corporately and would worship and get filled up and then we'd go out but we'd continue not to just disengage but we would actually meet in homes that we would do life together we have groups here you heard about some of those um, that is a vital part of our church here being a part of a group and, and if you feel disconnected, and like I said, we all can feel disconnected at times, or if you feel like you want to take that next step, I, I encourage you, find out more about the groups that we have to offer. Because it says we're meant to meet in the temples corporately, 
but then we're also meant to do life with people in a, in a smaller group. And that's why this church can continue to grow and to increase in numbers, but we can still be a small church because we do life together in smaller groups. So I encourage you, groups are a vital part of C3. And if you've ever felt disconnected and you haven't been a part of a group, just saying, that could be one of the reasons. Um, but I love that that's right there. And then 40, verse 47, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people and the Lord added to their number daily to those who are being saved. This gets me as a, as a church planner, as a pastor, that the, those um, added to the number daily, those who are being saved. This should challenge us. Daily people were being saved. It wasn't just at special events. It wasn't just weekly. It was actually daily as they were out and uh, activating their gifts and, and showing the love of God. It was great at C3 East Village and, and Calgary West. We had an amazing Christmas time here. We had, um, you know, people give their life to the Lord for the first time. Isn't that exciting? Like, that should stir us up. If we've been a Christian for longer than one day, we should be passionate about people being saved. That's what it's about. And, you know, um, there's always room for more people. I, there's a bizarre feeling that we can get, if we're honest with ourselves, sometimes that when we're in a growing church or a church that emphasizes growth and, and, and evangelism and outreach and reaching people that, oh, but, but this is so comfortable as it is. This is so nice because I know everybody. I, I already know the thing. But, but we want to share that love that Jesus has shown us to other people. Amen? We want to be that. And a part of that is how we do that through the church. Um, and we're a family here. And there's always room for more in the family. You know, when I told my uh, dad, because uh, Brit- Brittany and I have a 10-month-old, coming up on 10-month-old son, um, and so, you know, we were excited back when we found out we were pregnant that we rang people up and told them. And, I, and so we FaceTimed my dad there in Australia and uh, said, you know what, you've you got another grandchild on the way. There's going to be another member of the family. You know what his response was? Uh-oh, we're going to have to get rid of someone else then. No, it wasn't that at all. It was like, yes, there's someone else in the family. There's always room for someone in the family. And that's the same with the church, okay? You don't lose your position in a biological family just because you know, a, a, another person comes along, someone's born or whatever it is. And it's the same in the church. There's always room. You don't lose your spot. You'll always be a member of this family. But if that, if that rattles you the wrong way and you feel uncomfortable with growth, I just encourage you, like, take that to the Lord and ask, what's causing that? Where's that coming from? Is that a fear? Is that an insecurity? Is that something I need to work out? Anyway, that one's a freebie there for you. But we're going to jump back into it. Um, and I, I want to share with us, like I said, five things that stir my passion for the house of God in the next 15 minutes. Uh, we were back in Australia recently, where I'm from, and I got to visit my old my church that I got saved in, which was awesome. And I was really intentional this time about wanting to sit down with some people who had poured into my life over the years and, and really um, helped make me who I am today and equip me and all that kind of thing. And um, so there was there was one gentleman that when I first got saved, he was just a, an older guy in the church who who just loved young men. He wanted to see young men succeed and do well. And so he would um, talk to me and pray with me. Uh, he would put up with our silliness of, of being, you know, teenage old teenage boys. And anyone who has teenage boys knows that uh, teenage boys can be silly. If you are one, you don't think that. But looking in hindsight, I can realize I was a little bit silly at times. Um, and so patient and gracious and so many hours just talking to me, hearing my questions, um, praying with me, and just showing the love of God through this guy. So I got to sit down with him, look him in the eye, and thank him for that. Another was a family that took me in. 
Um, basically, when I, I got saved, um, you know, I'd never, uh, my family's amazing. I love my family, and, and there's so many things, but we didn't go to church, like I said. And this family um, took me in and kind of modeled to me what it was like to be a Jesus-loving church family. And uh, they had four boys, so I basically became the fifth boy, and I'm still really good friends to that family today. And I got to sit down with them and, um, and talk to them and thank them and ask them about raising, raising a godly family. Um, and the third one was a lady that I didn't really have anything to do with um, beforehand in our church. Uh, but when I announced that I was going, moving to Sydney from Tasmania to go to Bible college, they, um, she came to me and said, I've been praying for you for months and months, and God's put on my heart to pay your rent uh, for you and cover the cost while you're at Bible College in Sydney. Sydney, Australia isn't cheap. I don't know if you guys know much about Australia. We're thinking like Toronto prices. And this woman who I didn't really have a personal connection with, but I was a part of the community with, um, took it upon herself to cover that cost so that I could concentrate on my studies. Isn't that amazing? That's an awesome thing. Now, these people, none of them did this because they were pastors or leaders or had a title. They didn't. They did this because they were the church. They were my community. They were the church being the church. All of us have a role to play, whether you have a title or um, anything like that uh, in leadership or if you're a team, whatever. We all have a part to play. We can all be the love of God to someone else in this community. And uh, these people came from all different walks of life. Um, you know, some owned a business. Some was that, One was a hairstylist. One was a um, working in construction. One was... Yeah, uh, there's business people, there's unemployed, all kinds of things. But they had the revelation that the church is not something we attend to check a box, but it is something that we are. It's something that we live. We are the church community. You don't go to church, you are the church. And we need to get that revelation because we can be that to people. Um, so I'm going to give us those five points as we look at the scripture here. But I wanted to share that we all have a role to play. None of these people got asked to do that to do that for me, to, to look out for me to do that. They were just the church being the church. And that's what I want to talk about today. So how do I keep my passion alive for the church, even when I have uh, the temptations to become ap apathetic or offended or hurt like we all do? But number one is the revelation, I believe, um, is that the church is not primarily for my satisfaction, but it is for my sanctification. The church is not primarily for my satisfaction, but it is for my sanctification. Where did we get the crazy idea that it was meant to be about our satisfaction? I can't get that word every time about my satisfaction. Talking in tongues. How did it get? How did it get to, well, the coffee's good at this place. The seat's comfortable. The worship levels are spot on. Now I'll engage with the church. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't hear me wrong. All those things are awesome. I thank God for that. We have great coffee, great worship, very comfortable seats, um, all that kind of thing. But that's icing on the cake. It's not the primary thing, us being satisfied when we come to church. It's actually for our sanctification. Now, that word sanctification speaks of the journey of becoming more like Christ. Um, you know, we get saved, we're justified before God because Jesus did everything on the cross for us. That's a very easy thing to, to accept and to freely step into that. Sanctification takes a whole lot more work and is a lot more rougher than that because it's talking about now the salvation thing's out and that's, that's done. We are saved, we are signed, sealed, delivered. Now we begin this journey of becoming more like Christ. And I believe that the church and the community of God is actually designed to help us with our sanctification process. It's one of the primary reasons God places us in community. Um, 
And so in this context and through this church community, God is sanctifying and developing the fruits of the Spirit in you and I. Has anybody ever had to learn patience by being a part of community? Oh, it's just me. That's all good. That's fine then. You know, has anyone ever had to learn to, to love when it's not easy to love? Show grace when it's not These things, right? This is what happens in community. We get, we get sanctified. God uses the church um, community to sanctify us. And it's a part of our process. You know that proverb, Proverbs 27, I believe, about iron sharpening iron? Anyone heard that? Speaking about, you know, people sharpening people when you get together, one man sharpens another. That's not a gentle, oh, I'm getting sharpened. It's so nice. That's a slamming together. That's like sparks flying, little shards of metal going, bang, bang. It's, it's not comfortable at times to be sanctified, to be sharpened. But the end result is worth the process of being sharpened and being becoming more like Jesus. So the first reason, that revelation that, oh, I'm not actually here for my satisfaction. I'm here for my sanctification. You get what I mean. <laughs> Number two, everyone has a part to play in the church community. Everybody has a part to play in the church community, not just leadership, not just Pastor Lawn, not just the prayer team. Every single one of us have a part to play in the community. Romans 12 verse 4 says, For as in one body we have many members. Okay, I'm here, I'm a body. I have a hand, I have a foot, I have a knee, I have a chin. Uh, all these kind of there's different parts that make up my body, different members. And this is the analogy getting used for the church, that we are one body, lots of different parts. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If we're not using those gifts, then all these people around us are having to work extra hard to carry my load. Just saying. Because if we've been brought together as a body and we have a part to play and we're not playing that part, well, somebody's having to pick up that slack or something's getting missed. This is challenging to me. And at a younger age, I got this. Oh, actually, I have a part to play here. I have a purpose in my church. I'm a part of the body and I have a role. That's not arrogant to say. That's biblical to say. God, for you, for me, has a part in this body to play. And I love how Paul just says, let us use them. Let us use those gifts. Are you using your gift today? Are you playing the part in the body that you are meant to play? You have something to offer that will benefit everybody else here. You are uniquely designed for it. Please bring it to the table. As a brother, please bring it to the table. We want to help find that place for you. And, and I know at times it can be hard to find that. Like sometimes I wake up as a, a pastor of C3 East Village and I go, oh, what's my part in the body again, God? Like we need reminding and help. And that's why we have community around us. We want to help you find that. But it takes you actually stepping up and, and having a go. Number three, that it's helped keep my passion alive for the church is the revelation that if I have an unbiblical and unhealthy view of the church, that will limit my relationship with God. That will actually limit my relationship with God. I can hear it already. Can you be a Christian and not go to church? Of course. But you're going to limit your relationship with God. Right? Like God's love to you and your salvation is not dependent on your behavior. It's dependent on what he did on the cross for us. That, that's the gospel right there. That's, that's a snapshot of the gospel. Let's not overcomplicate it. Let's not add anything to that. That's awesome. But when did the bare minimum become the goal? When was it just getting across the line? No, like God's actually designed us for more than just living a life here and getting to go to heaven. He actually wants you to thrive and have a purpose and have uh, something to do here in this life. He has a mission for you. Whoever you are, he's designed you for something. 
And, um, and so can a Christian, like I said, can you be a Christian and not go to church? Absolutely. It's awesome, but it will limit your relationship with God. Can you grow a relationship with God outside of being planted in a church community? Absolutely, but it will be limited because you're missing a part of God's design for you. You know, I have a friend, you know, like I said, we went back to Australia and you get to see everyone who's doing awesome. But the sad thing is when you go back to your home communities or whatever, I, I know some of you guys would relate, you see the people who aren't doing that good as well. And it breaks your heart. And I have a friend who for many years, um, you know, many years ago he met the Lord, but he's always struggled with the church. He's always felt like he's on the outside. So he'd, And then he'd have a, a wave of love for the church. He'd come in and it'd, it'd be awesome. And then he'd get back again. And, and he's not doing so well. And I was able to remind him of, of a story that he shared with me about his walk with God, uh, which he politely replied, shut up, Stephen, to me with when I reminded him of this. But that's the good thing about friends, right? We can do that kind of thing. And, and he said, shared a story of me. And I, I remember I was a part of it. I was leading worship at our church. And I remember him. I knew he was going through some struggles. I could see him. And, um, and, and one day he just threw up his hands and I saw him walk out the church. And I just knew, oh, he's leaving. He's done. He's done with it. And, you know, I'm trying to lead worship, but I'm thinking this, oh, like, you know, how, how it is. And, um, and so he left the church and, and I asked him about it afterwards of what happened because he ended up coming back in. Um, and he said, I went outside and I was just crying out to God and saying, I'm done with the church. Those people, bunch of hypocrites, judgmental. Um, all those kind of, I'm sure there's a bunch of swear words in there knowing the guy and all those kind of things. I'm done with the church, God. I just want you. I just want you. Can I just have you, God? Do I need your church? And, and I wrote down what he, uh, how he expressed it of what he felt God had said to him. God said to him after he cried, he said, you can do what you want. I love you unconditionally. My love for you will not change dependent on your behavior. But know if you run from my body, if you run from my church, we will not be able to relate in the same capacity as if you commit to the place you're meant to be with my people. That's a pretty big thing to get. And that's haunted him ever since. That's why he's never been able to quite get away because he tries to run. But that comes back, that revelation from God. Christians who treat the church like a tag on, unimportant or unnecessary, limit God's ability to move in and through their life. We've heard the analogy before, or maybe you haven't. I've used it. I think Pastor Lorne has used it. As a, as a married man, I have you know, married seven years on Friday. Brittany and I were, were married, um, which is awesome. I'm sure it just gets easier and easier, right? No, it's good. And uh, she's not here now, but it's, I've come to the revelation that it's a, lot, um, it's a lot easier for me to be married to her than for her to be married to me. I'm the, the difficult one in the relationship. I admit that. It's quite a breeze. She's awesome. She's amazing. She's done really good. So give her a pat on the back. And, uh, but we, we believe that we had seven amazing years, but we have better years ahead of us. And we're so excited about that. But the marriage, you know, we're, after seven years, we now have a relationship. Whereas I'm friends with single people, uh, divorced people, widowed people, married people, all kinds of stuff. I don't just hang out with, with married people. But most of those people would be aware that um, if they were to just want a relationship with me, but actually not be interested in Brittany or to disregard my wife Brittany, to speak badly about her, that's kind of going to affect the relationship that we have with each other, right? Like that marriage, because, you know, oh, Stephen, I'd love to be your friend and that, but your wife, she's a real piece of work. Don't want anything to do with her, not interested in her. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to have the same relationship. Well, the Bible uses the analogy that the church is the bride of Christ, all right, so when we talk bad about the church, we're talking bad about his bride. 
can we still have a relationship? Yeah. But it does actually cut off and eliminate a huge part of God. He, Jesus died to build his church. He died for us, but he died to build his church. So, so don't throw out the church, is what I'm saying, because you will limit, limit your relationship with God. That was my third one. An unbiblical and unhealthy view of church limits my relationship with God. Number four, um, regular church engagement is as important in my walk with God as prayer, worship, and being in the Bible. Uh, we, yeah, Hebrews 10, verse 24, 25, it'll come up. This is Paul speaking to, to the church. And he says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. That's what we're meant to do. We're meant to come together and stir each other up. Anyone getting stirred up today? I hope so. Maybe in the coffee time afterwards you can stir someone up if I don't do a good enough job of it. But stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Speaking of Jesus' return. So we're actually more and more meant to get passionate about you know, not neglecting the habit of not showing up. So we're meant to be showing up more and more and stirring each other. We're meant to be more passionate as the day draws near. And uh, even back then, it amazes me that some of the community were in the habit of, of not showing up. And Paul's urging them and reminding them of the purpose of it. Okay, here we go. Call me old school. I don't mind. I'll call it being wise and biblical, but you can call it old school. But to me, regular means for us not, to not be at one of our corporal meetings once a week is an exception, not the normal. Okay, so our, our standard is we'll be at church. Obviously, stuff comes up, as I'm going to talk about. You know, we get sick. We, um, we're away on vacation. We have different work and, and all kinds of different things. But our normal um, disposition should be, no, I show up to church weekly. Okay, I'm just laying that out there. It says, like, meet regularly. Um, general rule of thumb, Christians, in my opinion, get yourself to church weekly. Be countercultural. Don't show up once every three or four weeks. Show up weekly. Well, Stephen, it doesn't say in Scripture once a week. I'm glad you had that thought. Because in Acts 2, what does it say? No, it doesn't say once a week. It says they met daily. Now, don't worry. I don't want to meet with you guys daily either. I'm too busy for that. But the principle is regular, right? They met daily together. They did life together. They showed up in the temple courts. Um, That's in Acts 2. I already read that one. But um, we are in a different culture and time, and it looks different, and we're very busy people. But don't try and use, like, Scripture, like, lack of its saying and specifying show up weekly to be apathetic towards attending church regularly. Um, we all like to be exceptions to the rules. There's chances are we're probably not. There are some people who are called into ministry or a career that would take them away um, from being regularly at church on a Sunday. I found those people who are sincerely and God's ordained them to do that find other ways to engage regularly in the church community. And we have some great people. I think about young adults leaders, um, Matt and Brittany Brooks, um, who now have a new member of the family, Jacob, which is very exciting. Um, but, you know, Matt's a firefighter, and, and he can't be around every Sunday. But trust me, he engages more than a whole bunch of us in the life of the church because he's got that revelation. Although I'm, you know, not able to be there on a Sunday, it's not just about attendance. About, it's about engaging in what's going on in the church. But, you know, call me old school. Um, that's all good. I just encourage you to, to be there once a week and for, to be a part of connect groups, youth, young adult, she, whatever smaller groups you can find in this church. It's super important to, be, to feel connected in, to be in life in the church and not just attending here and leaving on a Sunday, but actually doing life with people. I'm going to speed it up a little bit here as we go into the, the final sprint. Um, but is that a, a rule or a law? Am I, am I saying that? 
No, absolutely not. Sounds a bit legalistic, doesn't it? Uh-uh, I hate legalism with a passion. I really, really hate legalism. So did Jesus, by the way. Don't mistake legalism with commitment. Don't mistake legalism with making a decision. Don't mistake legalism with a good habit or a spiritual discipline. We make a commitment and we go through. That's not legalism. That's obeying the Word of God. Um, So regular attendance, so important. Another word you could use for regular uh, in in that is that steady. So I just ask, is your attendance, actually I've got to stop using that word attendance because it's not about attendance. It's about engagement. Is your engagement in the life of the church steady? Is it regular? I encourage you to do it. I'm so, you know, um, do you have to do that? Is it a must of C3 Calgary? Nope. You can do what you want. God loves you. We love you. Love is in the air. Love, 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 love. Grace, 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 grace. It's all good. But out of love for you, in my opinion and in my experience, and I believe, and the Bible shows us, committing to regularly being around, engaging with the community, participating in powerful worship, hearing the word of God, small groups, all the things that church brings is the best thing for you to thrive in your relationship with God. Okay, and my last, um, my last kind of encouragement here and, and of how I keep my passion alive for the house of God. And this one's maybe it's more of a personal one, but I felt to share it because maybe it'll stir something in you. Um, and that's that quite early on in my walk with God, coming from outside of the church context to, to regularly being in it, um, I felt the revelation that, yeah, I'll just read it. I've got to stop ranting. But like I said, this is for me. This is one me, but maybe it'll encourage you. This was a decision I made and a revelation I got is that the church owes me nothing, but I will serve it generously and love it freely for the rest of my days. And that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm committing to do. The church actually owes me nothing. Now, of course, I'm not talking about the extreme examples of, of church abuse, which we know can happen, of um, neglect and all that kind of thing. But, but when we're a group of people, imperfect people here who love God, love Jesus, try to preach His Word and, and live by it. The normal church setting in that context, actually, for me, if I treat it that I'm actually owed nothing, but I owe everything to it and that I want to lay my life down to it, I eliminate a whole bunch of opportunity to be offended, to feel lonely, to feel neglected because I've made a decision that these things aren't that owed to me anyway. I'm actually meant to be a solution to those things. I'm meant to play a part in it. If I see them, if I feel them, then maybe that's God putting in me that, hey, that's an area you could step into and help out with. That's your part in the body. So that's a decision I've made. Actually, I've tried to make that just in my life in general. No one owes me anything. Trust me, it'll save you a whole bunch of, of headaches and offense and things like that. If we just walk around going, actually... I'm not owed anything in this life. This is a bonus. Every day is a bonus. It's an awesome thing. I don't know, that's just a way that I get away at people who are angry at me and want to hurt me. And they don't owe me anything anyway. They don't owe me anything anyway. So I've just made a decision. No one owes me anything. It's not about what we get out of the church, but what can I give and participate in through the church. It's so great to come in and get fed. And, and Pastor Lon preaches amazing, the Word of God. Um, he's my father-in-law, and I'm not saying this because I need brownie points. They think I'm pretty good anyway. That's what I tell myself, right? Like, um, but, but he is one of the, the, the best preachers in the world. I honestly think that. And we get fed so well through the worship as well. All these things and, and our community groups, our growth groups, the pastoral care, all these amazing things. But we don't just get fed just to 
be satisfied and to be full. We actually get fed to be energized to go out and make a difference. That's the purpose of coming to church and getting fed. It's not just to make us all bloated and, and so we can't even do anything, but actually to energize us to go and do something awesome for God. And so it's not just about getting fed, but where can you feed? Where can you pour out? Where can you love? What can you do? What's your part in the body? The church for me over the years, um, as I've chosen to commit and stir up these passions and, and love for it, it's been a guard and a, protect, a protection and an empowering place. But we have to allow it to be that in our world. And that's where we need to shift our mind from I simply attend to I, to I engage with. That I, I don't just attend church, I am the church. Okay, if that's all you remember today, I don't just attend, I am the church. Can you say I am the church? I know, I've been trying to tell you that. That's awesome. You are the church. And together we have the ability to do something awesome. But the church in community, in a community of faith, um, when we engage with it, I believe it releases in our world protection, encouragement, equipping, growth, friendship, teamwork, support, amongst a whole bunch of other stuff. And why does all this matter? It matters because Jesus is the head of the church and he's returning for his church someday. And right now, in the meantime, the Holy Spirit has drawn a whole bunch of us random people together from all different walks of life to, to build and encourage and stir each other up, but also to do something amazing in this city for the kingdom of God. Oh, you thought that you chose to come here. No, 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 no. You were drawn here by the Holy Spirit. He put that choice in you. And so if he, it's encouraging to me that I, to know that I was drawn here because that means I have a purpose and a, and a place. God doesn't do things by accident. You're not here by accident. He has something for you to do. So that's my encouragement today to dive in. Along the way, along this crazy journey called life that we're doing together, let's commit to sharpening each other, to protecting each other, to nurturing, to caring, helping, standing together, crying together, laughing together, having fun together while we do it. That's important. We are not a perfect people here, but we are a forgiven people. And we don't have everything figured out at C3, but let's grow together. Perhaps today you came in and you're feeling separate from God, separated from God or separated from community. And I, I'd love to pray, and our prayer team would love to pray with you today. If you're feeling separated with God, from God, um, that's not His heart towards you. But sometimes barriers or obstacles in life come up that will try to make us feel that way. But he's actually achieved on the cross through what Jesus Christ did. Every obstacle was eliminated. Every barrier was knocked down, right? He defeated death. He defeated the grand thing. So, so you can actually have a relationship with him where you can walk in boldly and say, Dad, Father God. And he's there. I'm right here. He's waiting. And if you've never experienced that, uh, I'd, I'd ask you to take a brave step at the end of this service and don't fluff about, but come on straight down to one of the prayer team people, myself, um, any of the leadership at the church and say, I want to enter into a relationship with God. Maybe you've been in relationship with God, but you feel isolated from Him. Our prayer team would love to pray for you as well. And maybe you feel separated from community. Maybe you don't know what your place is in the community. Maybe you feel like that that scripture is true or that that message is true for everyone around you but it doesn't feel like it is for you i'm here to tell you today it is you have a place you have a purpose we need you our life isn't the same our community isn't the same without you in it and you've been picked handpicked by god to be here 
in this community. But I'd love to pray for all of us, anyone feeling isolated, that God will reveal your part and your place in the community because you have one. So if you could stand with me in this place as we, as we finish. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.